0: Hello and welcome to Grin and Tonic, the show that gets real about being a young dental professional as a millennial, Gen Zer, and everything else in between. I'm Serena Liu, your host for today's show. All right, so for today's episode, it's going to be a little different. I'm going to talk about three things that I do differently now versus when I first started one year ago as a new grad. And I'm going to focus more on the non-clinical side of things. So not how to do a better restoration or anything like that, but more so the things about like soft skills and everything that they don't teach you in school that is quite hard to learn. These are the three things that I've learned from my first year that I do differently as a dentist now. And these really are the things that help you with the longevity of your career and to help avoid burnout. So number one, I don't take anything to my heart anymore. So for example, I hear all the time and I was this way too, especially in dental school, when you present a treatment plan to a patient and then they don't accept it because of whatever reason. And then I used to personally take that to heart a lot because like the tooth really needs to be pulled out. There's like a giant parl. It's going to start affecting the other structures. More teeth are going to have to be pulled out, etc., etc. And like, <laughs> it sounds silly now, but I used to like lose sleep over this type of thing. Like I would, Think about it all day, go to bed and wake up in the morning still thinking about, oh my God, like I wish this patient would have accepted this treatment plan, but they didn't and now they're going to lose a tooth and then like blah, blah, blah. But really, you shouldn't take things to heart as a dentist because your job as a dentist is to give all the information that you can to the patient. And at the end of the day, it's their body, it's their life. They can make an informed decision as long as you're able to give them the information. And it'll be better for your mental health and the longevity of your career. Because think about it. I mean, if you've experienced this like I have, taking things to heart just takes such a mental toll on you, a mental strain. And it doesn't feel good. Like, And then it sounds silly because then you end up ranting about this and complaining about this to like your other friends and your family members and to them if they're not in dental they're gonna be like yeah so what and like obviously in the moment like you are super stressed about it because all you want to do is the best for your patient and you want them to have the best oral health possible but if you feel defeated that you can't quote-unquote convince a patient to accept your treatment plan, that's going to start eating you up inside. And I'm not saying that you should like become a robot and stop caring and like stop being empathetic, but you need to find a really good, happy balance. And that will look different for everyone. Like for me, I find that it's not even like 50-50, but it's more so like 70-30, maybe... 60 40 whereas like the majority percent um, percent of the time it's all dependent on the patient and then the latter half is that i give the patient all the information and make sure that they understand it really well and then like they'll make the decision because a lot of times patients already have like a decision in their head when they come see you whether they want to save the tooth or be out of pain or whatever and they want you to give them the best information sometimes patients are like oh yeah just do whatever you think is best but and like in those cases that wouldn't apply in this example but in a way I try to not care about what my patients decide and I know that I'm providing good care so long as that I know that I'm providing good care by giving them all information and education so that they can take over their treatment plan and make an informed decision because really at the end of the day it shouldn't matter if your patient wants this done or not. You know, you educated them, you documented it, and they understand the prognosis, the pros, the cons, ins and outs. And you can't force someone to do something, even if you really, really wish that they would take out all these rotting teeth and have dentures instead. So the sooner you realize that, the better it'll be for yourself, for your mental health., um, it might also just be like one of those things, like a rite of passage. You just have to like do it because a lot of people early in their careers do this. and like I know I'm like also very early in my career, but that's the point of this ep- like or this podcast. I want I want a platform for people like us who are new in our careers, still navigating it and kind of slowly introduce new grads into this profession and how they can avoid mistakes that i made earlier in their lives and like yeah because really at the end of the day don't take anything to heart patients don't like the dentist anyways (laughs) they hate coming and all you can do is be the best provider that you possibly can given the circumstances of things because in the real world it's not ideal treatment you're not treating a textbook like not a patient from a textbook not all situations are ideal so you really gotta just make sure that you protect your heart so that you can have a long career and not get burnt out the second thing um about what i would do differently now versus when i started a year or started working a year ago as a new grad is Talking and rehearsing appointments with your assistants will make the world of a difference. So actually taking the time to check in with each other, but being the dentist, it's important for us to initiate it. And then you should always have an open mind and think about other perspectives. So for example, it's going to be your first time doing a procedure together and your first time doing it since school. You're going to have a lot of firsts. And instead of fumbling instruments in front of the patient and the appointment taking longer than it needs to, try taking five to 10 minutes before the patient arrives and role play the appointment. Like it'll sound silly, but like literally like you have everything set up, pretend the patient's in the chair, you're like, okay, we're gonna do LA, wait for it to numb up. You literally wait, you you pick up your handpiece, you drill, 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 there's a high speed. You see where your assistant is putting their suction. If you notice something that you prefer different because everybody likes things held a bit differently, then you tell them at that point and really go through every single step. Okay, done drilling with the high speed, slow speed. What's different now? Do you want them to be blowing air the whole time, tell them that. Because sometimes receiving feedback during an appointment in front of a patient can be a bit like demeaning. I guess that's just my opinion. Again, everybody will think differently, but again, everything's my own opinion, my own advice. I just think that rehearsing an appointment before it actually happens will make everything go a lot smoother and also like puts you in the right mental space as well especially when it's your first time doing it so after the slow speed like okay now we're gonna rinse now etch how do they want to hand the etch to you let them know like i only want it to be on the tooth for like 12 seconds max has to be rinsed off they can't be like fumbling with other instruments getting it ready for the next step rinse it off how much bond do you want to dispense how do you want to dispense do you want to dispense in the well or on the brush directly Um, literally every single step because it won't take you as long doing it there literally five minutes will take you and then during the appointment things will go a lot smoother because you both know what to expect from each other and yourself as well so that's my second piece of advice is to really role play the appointment because you don't do that in dental school. I mean, I personally was very privileged and I did get to work with assistant a lot of times. And looking back now, I don't even understand how we did it or like, I didn't, I don't even think I knew how to like direct it. We just like read each other's minds somehow because half the time our assistants would be our classmates. So we understood the steps next. Um, but when we were paired up with a dental assisting student, it was hard to communicate because you're trying to not freak out being the dental student working on the patient. Imagine yourself, imagine the patient and like trying to teach your DA student. And it's it's very hard. So, yeah, I definitely recommend trying to role play out an appointment before you do it in real life. And then the third piece of advice that I want to give is that you're going to get a lot of. A lot a lot a lot of different advice and a lot of times it's going to be very unsolicited it's going to be from older colleagues and it can get super overwhelming i went to like quite a few in-person ce courses my first year i did mostly online but i took like i think maybe two or three that were in person. And as soon as people, like, found out that you were, like, new to the profession, because, you know, you make the small talk, you're like, oh, like, I'm working here. And they're like, oh, when did you start? Like, oh, just last year. And then it fumbles into them finding out you're a new grad. And then they just give you all the advice in the world. And, like, I know it comes from a good place, but for me, it was very overwhelming because, like, I didn't want the advice. I just wanted to chat about literally anything else. I never asked for the advice and it just wasn't what I needed at the time. So like for example, this one doctor I was speaking to, they were giving me like financial advice on like how to do investments, like buying a practice, ownership. They wanted to sell me their practice in a few years and I was just like this is a lot. What's happening? Let's slow down. Let's just enjoy our little catered breakfast here and drink our coffee talk about life talk about the city but no people love giving their advice because well they don't want you as a new grad to make the same mistakes that they did which is literally what I'm doing for this whole podcast so um I'm just contradicting myself a lot here (laughs) but um anyways when you get all this advice a lot of this advice is going to be unsolicited. It's going to be super overwhelming. I don't think you should shut down completely, though. But you should take note of everything and be a sponge. But also know your limits and know when to filter things out when they're irrelevant. So if you get some type of advice, like for me, for example, I was getting the advice on like investments and um, buying a practice where i'm i'm not really in a place to invest yet like i do a little bit but they were talking big things and i'm like i'm focused on paying down my debt right now um so like still listen and be polite and take whatever you can write it down i have like um on my phone in the notes app i have so many notes with a hashtag that i can just filter out um from different colleagues that I've met now this past year with so much advice so that when it becomes relevant in my career to like look on that advice or when I need that advice then I can go back to it because really a lot of times people are going to give you all this advice and it's just going to be way too much and you're going to get irritated because you're going to be like oh like I know this I've heard this before like blah 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 but really everybody just wants the best for you in this career because they've made these mistakes when they were new grads so take everything with half a grain of salt maybe a bit more maybe a pinch of salt write it down somewhere lock it away if it's not relevant at the time and then like come back to it um just use things that are relevant on your career right now and then use those other things that are irrelevant later in your career because you'll probably want that advice in like two three four years and you would have wished that you had kept it somewhere because you met this person at 1c course and you might never see them again okay i know that i said that i only had three things to list but as i'm chatting now i'm thinking of more so um so to summarize the first three points be kind to your heart don't take things personally don't take things to your heart be able to rehearse your appointments before you begin them and number three learn how to filter out advice and be patient with what you get from these unsolicited advice givers. Um, A couple more points I want to add here now is that you need to learn how to have healthy conflict management strategies. Google nonviolent communication if you don't know what that is yet you'll find a lot of articles about it you'll find a framework on how to do it but to sum it up it's basically a way to communicate your emotions without weaponizing them or making the person you're talking to feel attacked it will really really help build your career it'll help you become a better communicator it's like it's like if you're dating and you're you like you're in you're past the honeymoon phase of the person that your new partner and you know you gotta learn how to communicate now. So that's that's dentistry. You have to learn how to communicate as a dentist with yourself with patients with your team. So learn how to have healthy conflict management strategies because they're just gonna keep building up. I know like as an associate it shouldn't really be your "quote unquote" job, is how people view it, to like resolve conflict. But really, it it should be because otherwise, you're not being the bigger person. You are the leader in the clinic, so it's important to know how to do, have like nonviolent communication and how to talk to people. Um, in kind of like. This realm I would also recommend um, having a therapist if you don't already have one or counselor um, but even more specifically I think would be more um, relevant is a dental consultant because in a way they are kind of like therapists but they understand the ins and outs of dentistry because it can get exhausting when you're ranting and talking about you know something that happened at work and you're trying to resolve it but you spend 10-15 minutes giving the backstory of the dental part of things to your counselor to your therapist before you even can get to the gist of it because well you need that background information for them to be able to give you the advice right so try finding a dental consultant in your community and even a few sessions I think would be so helpful especially as a new grad because usually people think of dental consultants as someone to use when they are in like practice ownership but really I mean it's I guess a bit spoiled to have one I have one I'm very lucky that my Um, my boss has this resource available to us but if you're able to have one I think it's a really 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 great investment and then the final point um, that I want to talk about about what I would do differently now is create a solid network and that network has to involve dental mentors and also just being part of a dental community. So for me, moving to a new city, it was quite difficult to get this, get the ball rolling for this. And like it wasn't until recently when we had hired a third dentist that I was able to talk to a bit more candidly than just my boss. And then from there, I also started taking a bit more in-person CE courses to try to meet people in the community that were around my age and just within the same like point in our careers because dentistry is really isolating and if you don't have that community or that network of people even just available to you it can get quite soul sucking so to wrap things up here the i guess four five (laughs) five things that i would do differently now versus when i first started one year ago as a new grad is that, number one, I don't take anything to my heart anymore. Number two, rehearse appointments with your assistants before the patient sits in the chair. Number three, filter out advice and lock it away for later. Number four, um, learning how to have healthy conflict management strategies, finding a consultant or therapist, and then number five, creating a solid network and knowing the value of dental mentors and being part of a dental community. Thank you again for joining me on the third episode of Grin and Tonic. My name is Serena Liu, and I'll see you at the next episode. If you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast distributor, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share the episode to a friend who would enjoy it as well. And then please. If you have an idea for a future episode, let me know. You can email me at grinandtonic at gmail.com.